Welcome in to today's Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin, and I am delighted to be joined by a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show, Colin Rogers. How are you doing, sir? Oh, so happy to be here, man. I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Uh, we got in on the same flight on yes. Sunday. Uh, you guys have experienced some Dublin weather in Vegas for the first couple of days. How's the week been? It's been fun. It's a runaround. You guys know that. It's chaos around here. You get to talk to a lot of different people. Everybody's excited about the Super Bowl. For me, it's kind of the start of draft season as well, so it's a double win there. I love it here, man. But you get Vegas is in doses, right? I don't feel that way about Ireland or Dublin, but I feel that way about Vegas. It's like, yeah, four or five days, probably time to go home. But it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it begins to, to tell a toll of the body. Yeah, like, you don't see that much actual oxygen, but <laughs> it's just all indoors. And fluorescent lighting. Right, right. Uh, but you mentioned the draft there, right? That's where your expertise, obviously, part of it is. Um, and one of the big stories today, I suppose, surfacing around J.J. McCarthy, right? Oh, yeah. And the fact that his draft stop is rising, and that teams view him along differently to maybe the money. What's more does it? Well, I think you watch him in 2022. You do the summer scouting from the tape there. He's a young, athletic passer with the big arm. And that's really where it all stops. He's not processing a lot. He's a lot of stuff he's doing. He's out of structure. It's chaotic is what I like to say. And then this year he did take steps. Obviously, they won a national title. That helps. This is a team that has a great defense that can run the ball. He's somebody that can run the structure of the offense when you cut the field in half. The velocity on throws is great. He could wish the ball down the field. There's really no physical limitations. Made some big plays with his legs, which every evaluator loves to see. Because when you get in trouble as a young quarterback in the NFL, having mobility can bail you out. And what's going to come down to it for him is word work at the combine. It's going to be five medically. You don't have any worries there. Uh, but sitting down with teams, showing that he could run a more flex offense. He got to work with Jim Marbaugh throughout his college career. Shoot us back at the NFL levels. So that's a big bonus for JJ. He's somebody that this process was kind of built. Big athlete, a big arm. He's going to impress teams, I think, when he sits down with them. But he's got to find more consistency on the field. But at the end of the day, whether you agree with it or not, I think he's going to be a first-rounded egg. And I suppose, I know, looking at that side, it's talked about that, you know, it's the really team QB side is. And so, uh, like, are you, how, how many days do you realistically see Angley bullying in the first? Six. I mean, the no-brainers are Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels. You could argue that they go one, two, at three. And then you get into this weird tier that McCarthy's in with Bo Nix and Michael Penix as well. And they're all different in a lot of, you know, unique ways. McCarthy, younger, more raw, I would say big ceiling, but also a big bust chance as well. There's a chance that it just doesn't work out with him. With Bo Nix and Penix, I think you're a little bit more comfortable in certain areas. They're older players. They've dealt with adversities. They transferred to other programs and ended up elevating those programs, which is big task for a college kid. I think Penix sees things so well pre-snap, or that's why he always knows how to get the ball out. He's got the big board. With Bo Nix, it's a lot of the same as well. He just understands how to see the field, take what's given to him. He's an athlete that can get outside of the pocket and make plays. So it'll come down to what you value, right? Do you want to swing for the fences with a guy like Fikarthi, or do you want somebody like Nix or Penix that I think can really run their offense, get the most out of the offense they're in, especially Penix with that big arm. So at the end of the day, you could talk yourself into six going in the first round. Feels like it'll end up being four or five. Well, that's a lot first round cop. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, that'd be interesting to see how that might play out. For you, like outside of the QBs, who are the Bears that catch Vora? Oh, man. I mean, start with the wide receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in the draft. But then what's after him? Malik Nabus, Roma Dunze. These are guys that are top wide receivers in any draft. And at this draft, they have to wait till Marv goes before they hear their name called. It's a great offensive line draft. You have Joe Alf, Notre Dame, Olu Pashano from Penn State, Aliza Buwaga, 
uh, from Oregon State, J.C. Latham from Alabama. I mean, it's a loaded tackle class. With the way quarterbacks got injured this year, I think if you're an NFL fan, that's what you want to hear. You need these guys protected, and the draft's going to show that way. I mean, we were at PFF. We were just running through an off draft where it felt like from 6 to 26, half the picks were either corner or offensive line. It's a very uh, tightly funneled draft where there's not a lot of variance by the positions that are going. But I think that's a good thing because those are huge positions that need in the NFL right now. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I definitely think you know, that a lot of the top or the last season was the route tackle play. And, yep. uh, so interesting to hear that. Is there anyone out there that maybe, you know, is not really being called that huge amount of talk, but you think could, if they were to have a book common, if they were to interview well, three could rise up the, the board? Uh, yeah, without a doubt. I think the guys we're watching out of the senior bowl right now that are in that bowl, Darius Robinson from Missouri, he's a big defensive lineman that could play inside and outside. He's someone that you looked at it, you go, okay, maybe he goes in the top 60, and it felt like what he did in Senior Bowl and what he could do at the Combine, he go in the top 35 picks. And the same could be said for players like the receivers that stood out there, Roman Wilson from Michigan, Ricky Fiersoff from Florida. These guys constantly separate, they catch everything. It's a great wide receiver class, but they had the benefit of shining at the Senior Bowl against the top quarters, where they're also getting early meetings with teams, they're going to run well, they're going to have really good NFL Combines as well because the type of athlete they are, where you could see those guys that were afterthoughts as day three wide receivers and you know, all these teams looking why do we miss on Amon Ross St. Brown a couple years ago why do we miss on Puka Nakua oh these are the things that we're not valuing enough we're going to take those wide receivers like Roman Wilson and Ricky Pierce all earlier and in terms of the defensive side of it's kind of like who are the people that potentially stand out I mean there's the talk that maybe there is it Han, Miles, Darren, right. or somebody in this class, but the that, do I have to be the team stat? You start with the pass rushers, as you often do. Dallas Turner from Alabama is just a freakish athlete. He's not like a Parsons, but the way you could have him stand up over a guard, play on the edge, do a lot of things off the ball, he's going to be drafted in the top 15 because the athleticism is phenomenal. He's got bigger and stronger over the years. Jared Furr saying heavy-handed pass rusher at Florida State. He actually transferred from Albany. What a rise it's been for Jared Burr's. Heavy hands, really knockback power against tackles. He could play the run. He could set the edge. So it's, your, it's all about your flavor, right? You might like the speedy guy that does things off the ball. You might like the guy that's speed to power. And then you might need a corner. Terrion Arnold from uh, Alabama, he played across Poole and McKinstry. They're both going in the first round. Arnold's got a little bit better athleticism in my eyes. Why McKinstry's the tougher press corner. Went down Mitchell from Toledo. I mean, what a senior bowl he had. What a career he had at Toledo. He's physical. He's long. He could run. Uh, there are good defenders in this draft. The offensive players are so flashy at, that we fall in love with them, and it kind of overshadows these really great defensive prospects that will luckily fall into the lap of a needy team. And then maybe on a broader kind of theme, one of the things that's been talked about in recently is with Saban choosing to retire, with some of the head coaches from college going to take board yeah. while well, was in uh, the NFL battle. Like, is this something that we think might continue for a while, or is college football that much in flux, or was this, this offseason in particular a piece for people who are, who are looking to maybe take a step away, we're going to do that, or are we going to see this for the next two and three four years? I think this is a real trend, Carl. I really do. I, I think that the recruiting cycle is really burning guys out because it's become more closer to free agency than just going to sit with a kid and be like, this is what our program can offer, do you want to come here? Now it's what is the business package put together. And I love that the college players are getting money. They are playing a dangerous game. They have, you know, obviously brand value themselves. They are star players. But it's also turned the recruiting cycle into a mess where only the big dogs can compete, right? You have a five-star quarterback in the portal. Who's going to go try to get him? Alabama, Iowa State, 
Michigan, maybe Oregon, Georgia. It just limits the pool, I think, recruiting. And not that recruiting hasn't been that way, but it is taxing on coaches where they're spending so much time trying to build and buy a roster that they might just go to the NFL where, hey, this is the roster, you're coaching adults, and that's the bottom line. So we're seeing a little bit of that navigation. And then, and then finally, um, is there anyone that you think through all four of their own even potentially they may fall in this year's draft? Sometimes we, we see that uh, and they, they, they can go on and have a fantastic NFL career. But is there anyone I knew just because people might the one love to get the kingdoms or other yeah. positions? Who is it that will the names default? It's Leatu Latu from UCLA, who I think is tremendous. He's been maybe the most productive pass rusher in college football the last two years. He medically retired from Washington with an injury. He gets cleared, he goes to UCLA, and he's dominant and he's excellent, you know, high character guy, polished technique, uh, really, really refined at all of his pass rush moves. I think you'd probably be an average athlete at the combine, and a team might overthink that and let him fall a couple picks where it's probably a top 12 player that goes more in the 18 to 30 range. And when he wins defensive rookie of the year with 10 sacks, everybody would be like, how did we let this happen? It's like this, people forget about how good the tape was. Well, I appreciate your time today. For our viewers who want to check out more of your stuff, where could they do that? Yeah, everything is posted on at Connor J. Rogers on Twitter. The, uh, for the draft stuff specifically, I write for NBC Sports. I do video for NBC Sports and the NFL Stock Exchange pod for President Blanks. All right, here at the table is that Jeff. Always a blast, guys. Thank you.